This morning, our scriptures we'll be taking a look at is from Psalm 68. Psalm 68. And uh, please pray with me as we come to God's word. Father, in our call to worship this morning, we, we read these words. Behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. This you have done in giving us your word. Your voice is mighty. It uh, draws us to you. It um, inspires faith and strengthens us to abide in you. And so, Father, we ask that this morning as we come to your word that you would use it by your spirit um, to work mightily in our lives, that you would allow us to hear it, um, to, to, to understand it in a way that uh, we might trust you as our good and gracious God. And so, Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 68, as you turn there, uh, this psalm is a psalm of victory and celebration. It tells us of Yahweh, this conquering king who's defeated his enemies, and now he's parading into Jerusalem. And he's, as he does so, he's leading a host of captives, and he's receiving the praise and the blessing of his people. Psalm 68. God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered, and those who hate him shall flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so you shall drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. But the righteous shall be glad. They shall exult before God. They shall be jubilant with joy. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exult before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain. Before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, reign in abundance, O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. The Lord gives the word. The women who announce the news are a great host. The kings of the armies, they flee, they flee. The women at home divide the spoil Though you men lie among the sheepfolds, the wings of a dove covered with silver, its pinion with shimmering gold, when the Almighty scatters kings there, let snow fall on Zaman. O mountain of God, mountain of Bashan, O many-peaked mountain, mountain of Bashan, why do you look with hatred, O many-peaked mountain, at the mount that God desired for his abode? Yes, where the Lord will dwell forever." The chariots of God are twice ten thousand, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation, and to God the Lord belongs deliverances from death. 
But God will strike the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that you may strike your feet in their blood, that the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from the foe. Your procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers in front, the musicians last, between them virgins playing tambourines. Bless God in the congregation, the Lord, O you who are of Israel's fountain. There is Benjamin, the least of these in, in the lead, the princes of Judah in their throng, the princes of Zebulun, the princes of Naphtali. Summon your power, O God, the power, O God, by which you have worked for us. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bear gifts to you. Rebuke the beasts that dwell among the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples. Trample underfoot those who lust after tribute. Scatter the people who delight in war. Nobles shall come from Egypt. Cush shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God. O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God. Sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides in the heavens, the ancient of heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. And together, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. For the sake of time, let's cut to the chase. How would I summarize this psalm? Yahweh is the conquering king. Yahweh is the conquering king. Now, Yahweh is the covenantal name of God. It's a verb in Hebrew, and it's often said to mean I am. Of course, it can be translated in a number of different ways. I am, I am who I am, I will be who I'll be, I'll cause to be who I'll cause to be. But, but the main point is that this is God's covenantal name. It is God's declaration to his people, trust me, for I am the one that you can count on. Yahweh is not like the kings of the earth. He is neither a coward nor a bully. Rather, he is both mighty to save and he is good to bless his people. No foe can stand before him. His character is full of righteousness. His rule is gracious and empowering and his words are sincere and truthful. And in this psalm, we get a glimpse into Yahweh's might and his goodness. His might is uh, described to us from the very first verses of this, of this psalm. It says, God shall arise and his enemies shall be scattered. And those who hate him shall flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so you shall drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. And these opening words are taken from uh, words of Moses after Israel had been delivered and, and, and uh, from, from Egypt as Pharaoh has been defeated. God is leading them through the wilderness. And every time that God arises to lead them, Moses would, Moses would say these words in Numbers 10. It says, and whenever the ark, which represented God's presence, whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Arise, O Yahweh, 
and let your enemies be scattered and let those who hate you flee before you. You see, Moses had a strong understanding and a true conviction that if if God would not go before them, if God was not with them, then their going would be to their ruin. Only Yahweh gave them victory, and he is the one who brought them out of their slavery in Egypt, and he is the one over the course of many years as they made their way into the promised land, proved himself faithful to defeat every foe that rose up against him and his people. And the, the psalmist highlights uh, his might by, by comparing those who oppose God to smoke that's driven away by the wind. And he says, as wax melts by the scorching heat of fire, so do those who do not embrace the covenant by the heart melt before Yahweh's judgment. This is the might of Yahweh, the conquering king. No foe can stand against him. And his goodness is shown to us in many places in this psalm. Uh, First, we see it in verses 5 and 6, where it says, Father of the fatherless, protector of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Yahweh, this conquering king, is a good king. He cares for the needy, the weak, and the vulnerable. He's a father to the fatherless, a protector of widows. He's a companion to the lonely, and he's a liberator to the captive. And and he's also the one who provides the rains. In verses 9 and 10, it says, Rain in abundance, O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. Now, we may miss the significance of this just a little bit, but, but this was everything in the ancient Near East. You see, this is actually one of the most fundamental and most important questions of that day. It was, who was in charge of the rain? Because without rain, there was no food and no life, but only misery and death. And so whatever deity controlled the reins, that God ultimately held all the cards. They were in charge of life and death. And so these little references in the scripture to the reins, though small seeming to us, are of great significance. For the psalmist to say that God provides the rain in abundance is like saying that God brings shalom, peace, wholeness, completeness, completeness that is marked by the very character and rule of Yahweh himself. In him, those who embrace the covenant by the heart are restored and are given life in a way that is far beyond their sin and their misery. He's a good God. And not only that, Yahweh shares his victory with his people. And this is one of the things that's remarkable about God, that his very nature is to share himself, his love and and his mercy and and his riches and, and his goodness. And he does so so that his people might be filled with his very 
delight. In the psalm, this, of course, is signified to us by uh, the sharing of the spoils of war. Verses 12 and 13, it says, The kings of the armies, they flee, they flee. The women at home divide the spoil. Though you men lie among the sheepfold, the wings of a dove covered with silver, its pinion with shimmering gold. Yahweh is victorious. He is not like man. He's not like the men who hid in the sheepfolds during the war, but rather he went out and he was victorious. And now he returns and shares the spoils of his victory with his people, with the women who are at home. And this really is a sweet, sweet picture of Yahweh's kindness and care for his people, for those who were too weak to find a victory for themselves, for these women who are at home and these men who are out back hiding in a pen built for animals. He shares his victory with his people. And then Yahweh's goodness is seen as he he makes his way to Jerusalem, to Mount Zion, to take up his residence there and to dwell with his people. Verses 15 through 18. O mountain of God, mountain of Bashan, O many-peaked mountain, mountain of Bashan, why do you look with hatred, O many-peaked mountain, at the mount that God desired for his abode? Yes, where the Lord will dwell forever. The chariots of God are twice 10,000, thousand upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. You ascended on high, leading a host of captive in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. God's presence, which was experienced at Mount Sinai and also in the the moving tabernacle as they made their way, the people made their way through the wilderness, it now comes into the city of Jerusalem to Mount Zion, and he takes up his more permanent place in the temple sanctuary. And Yahweh dwells there to bless his people according to his sovereign choice. You see, there was nothing special about Mount Zion, nothing impressive in and of itself. Um, It was not great and lofty as the mountain of Bashan, but what made Zion beautiful was that Yahweh chose to dwell there with his people. God was pleased to dwell with his people and from Zion to rule over them that they might know the goodness of their conquering king, that they might enjoy his very presence. And so it is this history and that then present reality which forms the foundation upon which the, the call comes from the psalmist to bless Yahweh. It's a call to Israel. Verse 4, sing to God, sing praise to his name, and exult before him. Verse 19, blessed be the Lord. Verse 26, bless God in the great congregation. Verse 31, O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God, sing praises to the Lord. 
And finally, the last words of the psalm, blessed be God. You know, whenever we gather together for worship or we are in the midst of planning for our gathering for worship, it's important for us to consider the question, why? Why do we do this? Why do we gather for worship? Why are we here this morning? Why do we drag ourselves and our families across town when, when on many mornings we know just a, a cup of coffee and a quiet morning at home would be a, a lot easier? Why do we endure in these times a little sun that we might sit on a patch of grass inside of a little circle or a small piece of asphalt? Why do some of you come hours before and set up sound systems and cameras and stages? Why did someone come and draw circles in the grass in the midst of a global pandemic? Why? Why are we here this morning? Each and every week, we should ask this question. And the psalmist, if I may, I think based on his words, would answer this question in this way. I think he would say, I'm here because Yahweh is mighty to save. And he saved me from the hands of my enemies. I think the psalmist would say, I'm here because Yahweh covenanted with his people Israel and he gave me his precious word. Trust me, you can count on me. I think the psalmist would say, I am here because Yahweh in his goodness has shared the spoils of his victory that we, his people, might delight in him and to live with him. I think the psalmist would say, I'm here because Yahweh rules over me and he protects us, his people, and provides for us as the one true faithful king. And I think the psalmist would agree with how Pastor Bill ended his letter to us on Friday that I am here because it is my joy to bless Yahweh, my conquering king. That's why we're here, to bless him for who he is and what he's done. Please pray with me. Father, great God, you are mighty to save. You have proven this to us over and over throughout the course of history. We can look back. You have given us your word that we might read it and know it and your spirit that we might believe it. And we look back to that time when you delivered your people out of Egypt, when they lived in slavery and in fear and under the constant threat of death and pain and toil. And, and you heard their cries and you delivered them. And you brought them out, and, and you didn't simply just bring them out, but you brought them to you. You brought them to your holy mountain of Sinai, and you gave them your word that they might trust you and to follow you, to know you. 
And you continued to lead them throughout the wilderness in those many years, despite their failures and their sin. And, and ultimately, you were gracious to still bring them into the land of promise that they might know something of rest and of joy. And you took up a more permanent residence with them in Mount Zion in Jerusalem in the temple that the people might gather there and worship to bless your holy name. This is who you are. And so, Father, we ask that you would teach us, even on this morning, to look back at this history and be inspired in such a way that we might bless you. Father, we pray this in your great and awesome name. Amen.
stronger than darkness new every morn our sins they are many his mercy is more our sins they are many his mercy is more you can be seated Yahweh is our conquering king. He is good, and he is mighty to save. And we see this in the Exodus, his deliverance of of Israel from the hands of their enemies. We see it in his covenanting with them and giving him his word at Sinai. We see it as he ascends Mount Zion to dwell with his people in Jerusalem. We see it as he shares the spoils of his victory with his people that they might be blessed by him. And because of all of this history, we see that the people uh, were able to fulfill that which the psalmist calls them to, to bless God. And if they could bless God with such a rich history, Consider the rich position that we ourselves today find ourselves in. How much more are we able to bless God? And we have a fuller history. We have a greater revelation of our conquering king. The Apostle Paul alludes to Psalm 68, verse 18 specifically, in his letter to Ephesus in in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. He says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, you might notice if you're comparing those two that there's a couple of differences between Psalm 68 and Paul's usage in Ephesians 4. In in the psalm, the psalmist speaks in second person. He says, you ascended on high. And of course, he's here referring to Yahweh himself, and, and he speaks to him. And he says, you ascended on high as he makes his ascension into Mount Zion. And Paul, possessing a fuller revelation and and therefore has a greater depth of understanding of these words in Psalm 68, he refers to Christ. He knows that Christ is Yahweh, that Jesus is the conquering king. And so he says that Christ, he gave gifts to men. And, and then there's this other difference. Um, you know, in Psalm 68, Yahweh is said to receive gifts from men. And, and in Ephesians 4, Paul says that Christ gave gifts to men. Now, I'll be honest here. Um, on short on time, the answer to this difficulty is, um, I don't think, really contributes a lot to uh, the message that I'm giving you today. Um, but I know that for a few of you, if you're anything like me, you'll have a hard time moving on if I don't say something about this. And so for those of you who are like me, who would have stuck the rest of the next 10 minutes on this, uh, let me just say this. I don't think it's really that difficult Um, to see why Paul felt the freedom to offer a different reading because the reading itself doesn't actually change the meaning 
the context is always important anytime we're reading and interpreting anything. And it's, that's especially uh, also true of the scriptures as well. And the psalmist is clear that Yahweh, the conquering king, received gifts from men as, his, as part of his spoils of his victory. The question is, what did he do with those spoils? And we read it earlier. I mean, he, he took these spoils and he, he shares them with his people. All that belongs to him, he gives to his people that they might enjoy them. And, and, the, and, and as, as gifts from the nations came into Jerusalem for the building of the temple, we have to ask, what was that ultimately for? Well, it was ultimately for the people, that they might worship and enjoy God there in their city. And that context, this receiving in order to give, is, is the very point that Paul makes regarding Jesus. And I think that's why he says that Jesus, he gave gifts to men. And so the difference, I don't think, is that big a deal at all. Okay, so for the few of you like myself, does that settle you enough to move on? Um, as we read Psalm 68 in light of Christ, it's impossible for me to read it and not think of the realities that we possess in Christ. From the very beginning words in, in 68 verse 1, it says, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered. It makes me think of the resurrection of our Lord. That's the final enemy of God's people. Death itself has been defeated by Christ's death upon the cross and his resurrection from the dead. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul proclaims that the resurrection of Jesus is the believer's victory over the great enemy of sin and the final enemy of death. And Christ shares the spoils of his victory, of his resurrection over death with us, with us, his people. And the greatest of these spoils is our own resurrection, eternal life, life immortal, lived with God in his blessed kingdom. He writes at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, when the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Christ has risen, and death, has been scattered and our own mortal bodies will rise in immortality and like uh, Yahweh ascended to the earthly mounts in Jerusalem Mount Zion Christ ascended to the heavenly Mount Zion to sit down at the right hand of the father to rule and to reign over his people Paul, again, speaks of the ascension and rule of Jesus in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, He, that is God, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion 
and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. And in Psalm 68, when Yahweh, this conquering king, paraded into Jerusalem and ascended to Mount Zion, the people came with him and enjoyed the very blessings of this victory. And in the same way, we, the believer in Jesus, is brought to the very heavenly Mount Zion to enjoy the blessings of Christ's victory. You see, his ascension... Christ, the triumphant king in his ascension, leads us to the way home. The author of Hebrews spoke of it in this way in Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. But you have come to Mount Zion. Speaking of believers, you and I. You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And to the innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Now, our dwelling, even now in the heavenly Mount Zion, is a reality, but it's a, it's a reality that comes with our union with Christ. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 7, that we, think about this, we have been raised up with him, with Christ, and, and, and God seated us with him in the heavenly places. Now, I don't know what that looks like ontologically. Like, I don't know how I'm seated in the heavenly places here and now as I'm standing here, but I know it's true because I've been united to Jesus by the work of the Spirit, and I receive it by faith. It's a possession that belongs to me now by faith. And it's a possession that I will know by sight when Christ returns and we reign with him in his eternal kingdom. And in that day, as the, father, as the psalmist might say, the fatherless will know the warm embrace of their heavenly father. The weak and the vulnerable will not only be sheltered by Christ, but will rule and reign with him. The solitary, the lonely and downcast will bless God in the company of the angels and together with all the people of God. The prisoners, the captive, they will know what true freedom is. And all the nations will bow before Jesus, the conquering king, and the they will bless his holy name. And so we come back to this question that I asked before. Why are you here this morning? We are here this morning because Jesus is our conquering king. He has mightily saved sinners like you and me from the grips of death by his death and resurrection. 
We are here this morning because Jesus covenanted with us by his own blood, and he gave us his precious word to proclaim and to hear that we might trust him and know that he's the one that we can count on. We are here this morning because Jesus, in his goodness, for all of those who, has, who have cast themselves upon him, we enjoy the spoils of his victory, that we might know true delight in him, that we might know eternal life and share in our communion with God. We are here this morning because Jesus rules over us, his church. He protects us. He provides for us. And this is his great provision for us as our true faithful king. And friends, we are here this morning because it is our joy to bless Jesus. That's what we're doing here this morning, to bless Jesus, our conquering king. Pray with me. Father, thank you. I just can't say that enough. We are overwhelmed by uh, the gifts that you have given to us, though we deserve them not. We, we are sinners. We stand guilty before you, but in Christ, we've received your mercy. We know forgiveness, so we give thanks to you. Uh, Lord Jesus, we are thankful that you laid aside your glory and you came to earth for the likes of us, that you live the life that we're called to live as, as righteous people, as people who are to bless your holy name, but we fail to do that. And that's what you did. You came and lived the sinless life. That you might go to the cross, and you did that with joy. That you would go to the cross and receive the punishment that we deserve, the wrath of God for the sins of sinners like us. That that wrath would be poured out upon you. That there would be no more left for us. And that we might be justified and given, left with the very pleasure of God. God, we're grateful that you rose the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead to conquer, to be the triumphant king over the last enemy of death and that you share your spoils with us. You give us eternal life. You give us uh, righteousness with you. You purify us and make us holy and you draw us in to your very presence that you by your spirit have united us to Jesus that we might enjoy all the blessings that belong to him and that we might live in them and so father I pray your spirit would teach each and every one of us to bless your holy name to do that by gathering together for worship to do that by the way that we live and and, and that we um move throughout our weeks and to do that by the way that we strengthen and encourage your people one another in the name of Christ would you teach us to love and to care and to strengthen and to discipline in such a way that each of us would be encouraged in you and that we would return again week after week to bless your name Father we love you and it's in Jesus name that we pray these things
Amen. Please stand as we worship. For all the saints who from their labors rest to me by faith, before the world confess thy name, O Jesus, before blessed, alleluia, alleluia, thou wast there Thou fortress and their might, Thou Lord their captain, In the well-fought fight, Thou in the darkness, And drear their one true light, Alleluia, Alleluia. Oh, may Thy soldiers, Faithful, true, saints who nobly fought of old and win with them the victor's crown of gold Alleluia Alleluia but lo there reigns a yet more glorious day the saints triumphant in bright array, the King of glory, and passes on His way, Alleluia, Alleluia, from earth's high mounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl streams, in the so singing to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Alleluia, Alleluia. Cling to the crucified, cling to the Yeah. 
the crucified, cling to the Lamb, cling to the buried one, the great I am. Oh, cling to the risen Son of Man, benediction and closing doxology, I want to offer to you, if you're here this morning and, and would like uh, prayer, our elders uh, will be available to you. Just down here, there's a little bit of shade um, off to my right, your left of the stage. Uh, you can come and, and just an opportunity to, to hear with you, be with you, and to pray with you. Um, I didn't actually see a list of elders to do that, and so um, if there's not one, a few of you, if you could come down and make sure you're available, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, now receive this as the Lord's benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 